Hi, everyone. I'm Lisa Shea. Welcome to my podcast, Shaycation, Living the Abundant Life, where we will encourage and empower each other to live the full life in Christ. You know, life with God is a trip. What we believe about his goodness determines how great of a trip your life can be. Join me on my Shaycation and let's have a blast on this trip with God that we call life. In this three-part broadcast, I share my testimony at Destiny Worship Center in Miramar Beach, Florida. It's the story of what God did in my life following a painful divorce and how he resurrected my current marriage. Join in as we continue to hear about the trip I took with God. Back to my story. So, I'm crying, 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 crying. And I feel the Lord say to my heart, don't you do that. Don't you throw him out. Mm -mm. You be still. I'm like, oh, okay, I'll be still. I don't know about you, but like I'm like 40-something, but inside I'm still a little girl. And I just wanted to cry to my daddy in heaven. And he said, be still. Okay. So one day I go, not long after, a couple days, a couple days, I go to the mailbox and I open up the mailbox and inside is a package from Kate. Remember Kate? Crazy. Jesus freak Kate. Remember? I'm like, Kate! And she sent me a gift. We don't do gifts. This is weird. And I open it up. And it was a book. And on the book was a note. And she said, Lisa, we heard this man on the radio on Focus on the Family. And he wrote this book. And I read it and I cried. Dean read it and he cried. And um, we just think it would really bless you. It really changed our marriage. What? Now, I don't know about you, but we only exchanged Christmas cards. On my Christmas cards, I did not write, Merry Christmas, my marriage is in the toilet, how are you? <laughs> Do you? No, life is great, we're great, the kids are perfect. My <laughs> That's what you put in your Christmas cards. <laughs> you don't air your dirty laundry. So, I open up the package, I tear off the note, and the title of the book, Motivating Your Man God's Way. Are you kidding me? God told me to be still. He sends me another book. I'm catching on now. He speaks to me with books, right? And the title of the book is Motivating Your Man God's Way. Bingo! God knew that my husband needed motivating. He knew that it was all Mike's fault. He knew that I needed rescuing and that he needed motivating. And he sent me the answer in this book. Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. Thank you. <laughs> I was so excited. So I'm like, this is so good. This is an answer to prayer. God is so good. And I read it, and it says, Ephesians 5.33. Oh, okay. Ephesians 5.33 says, a husband must love his wife as he loves himself. Yes! God, you 
You, your word is my heart's cry? I cannot believe this. Yes, of course he's supposed to love me like he loves himself. And God, while I'm at it, while we're talking about this, um, the reason I haven't been loving him the way I should is because he loves himself enough for the both of us. So I have to love me. He's just so self-absorbed. So then I keep reading the scripture. Oh, and a wife must respect her husband. Yeah, well, of course I'll do that when he's loving me as much as he loves himself. Awesome. And then I kept reading. And I learned that it was a command that God had given wives, apart from, regardless of, our husband's performance. I'm doing it because I know most of you here are thinking it, and I thought it too. And I'm gonna be very honest with you, I hated this book, I hated it. This isn't fair. Don't you know that I am a strong, independent female and I like to say it like it is, and if he doesn't wanna listen to me when I have something to say, that's his problem, that is not my problem. And there is absolutely no way that I'm gonna do some of these things that you're telling me that I have to do, uh-uh, uh-uh. I wanted to shove this in the garbage disposal, I wanted to flip it under the lawnmower, there was no way. Nope, nope, nope. Well, <clears throat> 20 self-help books. And those didn't work. God tells you to be still. And then he sends you a book that's based on his word, which is what you cried out for. Hey, ladies, how many of you have prayed for God to do something, and you don't like the way he answers that. <laughs> I don't want to do that. I don't want to. I don't want to. This isn't fair. Look at how he's treating me. Look at how he's talking to me. Look at how he's breaking my heart. <laughs> And again, I'm laughing now, we're laughing, but if you are there, sister, I was with you. It is not funny. You're not alone. You're not the only one. You're not the only Christian who's struggling in her marriage. Hang on to what I'm gonna say, okay? All right, so I'm like, okay, I have to do this, I have to. I've done everything else, nothing's worked. I've overeaten, I've overspent, I have yelled, nagged, screamed, I've withheld, you know, you know. <laughs> yep. None of it works. Just don't even, don't even, just none of that works. Okay, God, I will trust you. Do you know some of you in your marriage, you think you're in a marriage crisis, but it's really not a marriage crisis. It could be a crisis in your faith. And I felt like God said to me, how are you gonna teach your children to have faith in me if you don't have faith that I can do something in your marriage? <laughs> you know when you hear the truth and it brings you to your knees and it goes against every grain of your being but you know that it's the truth? I knew that was the Spirit of God. So what did I do? I grabbed three girlfriends and I said, okay, sisters, meet in my living room. We are doing this together. There is no way I'm going through this by myself. Uh-uh. <laughs> uh-uh. Lock arms, sister. If I'm going down, you're coming with me. <laughs> uh, and my marriage, I was leading it and my marriage was the worst. 
Like, go figure. Like, who would even show up to a, who would show up to a Bible study like that? <laughs> I have some good friends. So I decided and I determined to be obedient. You know the Nike commercial, just do it? Just do it. Determined obedience. I'm going to do everything to the letter that this book says I need to do. And when it doesn't work, I can look at my kids and say, Mommy even tried it God's way. <laughs> and then, on Judgment Day, I will stand before the Lord and say, Heavenly Father, I even did it your way. <laughs> I have these... <laughs> All right. So I was going to do it. Now, how do you do something you don't want to do? One of the assignments, if, if you think about it, showing respect to another human being is simple. What makes it difficult is when that person has hurt us, we don't trust them, we're in fear. And I just feel right now I need to say this. Father, I pray right now for a revelation of your perfect love. Your perfect love casts out all fear. And Father, I truly believe in my heart and hearts that when we know your word and we know what you're calling us to do, that it's fear that keeps us from stepping out in faith. Father, give us a revelation of who you are in Jesus' name. You are loving, merciful, kind, giving, caring, forgiving. And you will empower us to do what you've called us to do. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so I started. So one of the things I had to do was say, Hi, I'm glad you're home. So, how hard is that? Well, the truth is, I wasn't glad he was home. I wanted him to go to Guam, get a job there, send the checks, call the kids. That's what I wanted. Glad he's home. I can't do that because if I do that, I'm a hypocrite. I'll be a hypocrite. I'm not going to be a hypocrite. I refuse to be a hypocrite. Ladies, if you feel that you're a hypocrite for doing something that God's calling you to do, could I just suggest that you're actually being obedient? When you're tired in the morning and the alarm goes off and you have to get to work, are you a hypocrite for going? No, you're obedient. <laughs> all right? <laughs> you all having fun? All right, good. All right. So I, I'm like, all right, we're going to do this. Hi, I'm glad you're home. Ooh. And I would go out to my garage. God, that was the hardest thing. That was so hard, but I did it for you. I did it for you. Do you know that we can put on respect toward our husband, boyfriend, father, brother? We put on respect toward another human being out of our reverence for Christ. It's not whether they deserve it. Now, this doesn't mean that we respect sin and we turn a blind eye to sin. No. And if you are in harm's way, if you are being physically hurt in your home, get out. God wants you safe. And find someone here at the church who will help you. You must get out. Respect does not mean you take a beating and smile. Okay? Respecting someone doesn't mean you turn a blind eye to sin. It means you respectfully confront the sin. Your tone, your facial expression, your demeanor, the timing, your voice, 
caring, speak the truth in love because you believe in them, because they're created in the image of God. Okay. So I started doing these things, and one of the, one of the examples is tell your husband you were thinking about him and tell him that you respect him and then walk out of the room. <sighs> I had to practice this in the mirror, and I have, I have led hundreds of women in this over the last 10 years. You gotta get in the front of the mirror, ladies, and you gotta go, I... Respect. I respect. Respect you. I, eventually, it will come out. So, hi, I was thinking about you today, and I just wanted to kn- you to know that I respect you. Now, you would think that when you're speaking their language, that he would have jumped up from the chair, run across the room, swept me off my feet. Lisa, my darling, you are the love of my life. I've been so cruel to you. Forgive me. That's kind of what I was hoping for, but no. So I said, I was thinking about you, and I just wanted you to know I respect you, and I turned to walk away, because you don't want to get, you know, just turn to walk away. And he said, I bet you do. you, I took karate (laughs) in high school. In my head, don't do this, I did not do it, but I admit, I confess to you in front of God, in my head, I did the (laughs) (laughs) no, self-control, fruit of the spirit, self-control. I went out to my garage. knows what you're thinking. He knows what you're going to say. He knows how you're feeling. So when you have to vent, instead of taking it out on your husband, boyfriend, family, even your girlfriends, go to God. Go out to your garage. Go find a punching bag and cry out to God. He knows it anyway. It's not going to shock him. There is nothing that you can say to him or, or they, about how you're feeling or about your circumstances that takes him by surprise. He knows it anyway. So Get it out to him. But then, sit back and listen. He said, Lisa, this may not be about you right now. This may be all about him. And you don't know what I'm doing in him. I love him just as much as I love you. Do you trust me? Do you really trust me? Another... God, I have to trust him. Oh, this is so hard. And I continued. I did not do this perfectly. I still don't do it perfectly. None of us do this perfectly. But I recognize it. I know now. Say you're sorry. Move forward. Begin again. When you fail, get up. Begin again. So as time went on, my marriage got worse. Oh, yeah, let's sign up for that. Yeah. Oh, yippee! <laughs> so I'm typing, Dr. Emerson, October 1st, 1 a.m., it was the year 2004, 10 years ago. Dr. Emerson, I'm doing everything that you're telling me to do and nothing's working. Things are actually getting worse. I think he has emotional problems. I am, conv- I am convinced the man has emotional problems. The light at the end of my tunnel is about to go out. Hopelessness. 
I'm doing this God's way, and it's getting worse. Ladies, do you know that the enemy will not give up good territory without a fight? So guess what? If you start to do things, whether it's in your marriage or anywhere else, whenever you step out into obedience to God and things get worse, good, keep going. You are on the right track. The enemy does not give up good territory. So keep going. He wants you to think it's not working. He wants you to quit. He wants you to give up. And God's saying, oh, no, girlfriend, you don't know what I'm doing. I've got you, and I've got him, or her, whatever situation you're in, I've got them. And I've got you, and I'm watching. So I continued again, moving on. All right. And then I got weary again. And I called my friend Amy. She was one of the th- other three girls in the living room. And anyone have those go-to girls? You just make that call and they get it done. I'm like, I need a hotel. It has to have an in-ground pool or indoor pool. My kids need to think we're going on vacation. I can't do this. I cannot do this. I'm on it. I got it. I'll be right there. Boom. Suitcases in my garage. She pulls up. I'm crying. She gets out of her van. She's crying. She's like, I'm sorry. And I'm like, I'm sorry too. Again. I can laugh about it now, but if you're there, hang on, hang on. I'm sorry, I'm sorry too. No, she just looks at me, she's like, I'm not sorry about that. I'm like, what are you sorry for? She's like, I'm sorry that I was gonna help you leave. You are gonna help me leave. No, I'm not helping you leave. You and I both know that God's called you to do this. You get back in that house and you fight for your marriage. Ladies. Sometimes we have to love someone enough to let them hate us for a while. She gave me the best gift. I wanted to be rescued. I wanted to be swept out of there. She gave me the truth. I'm here because she kicked my butt back into my house. Okay. So I'm like, you're right, you're right, you're right. Even though I hated her in that moment, you're right. Okay. All right. Determined obedience. I came across a scripture, 2 Corinthians 4.18, that says, set your sights on what is unseen, because what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. And I was like, you know what, God? This is what you've asked me to do. Your Holy Spirit empowers me to do it. I may not like it, but you're calling me to do it. I don't understand how this is gonna work. I don't, but you know what? It's not about me. I want to be who you've called me to be, even if nothing changes here. I want to honor you. Even if it's 50 more years married to this man, that's this much when you count eternity. And I'll trust that you'll bless me there. I trust it. I'm going to be who you called me to be. I don't care. You know what? When you invite God into a situation, and it seems like nothing changes, everything changes because God's there. He changed my heart. Well, I don't want my heart to be changed. Oh, if you, love, if, if you have Jesus, if you have God's DNA in you, you do. That is in our core, that we want to become more like Christ. We, we're not gonna like it, who likes it? Nobody likes it. But that's okay, because for the joy set before him, Jesus endured the cross. There is a sacrifice 
And it was like God said, whew, I finally have you where I want you. You're doing this for me. Treating people the way I want you to treat them out of your reverence and your love for me. Whether they deserve it or not, whether their actions, whether they reciprocate, trust me. Isaiah says, your maker is your husband. The Lord Almighty is his name. When my husband wasn't being the husband I thought he should be, God, be my husband today. Some of you may be thinking, if I do these things, I'm going to be a doormat. No, you're going to be a welcome mat for the power of God in your life. I promise you that. I promise you couple days later, standing at the sink, my husband will tell you that he intentionally said something very mean and hurtful just to poke me. I'm like, well, that's not very nice, but he did. And I remember whatever it is he said really made me angry. Now, again, I am a strong woman. I am a strong woman. I could go from happy Lisa to witch on a broom, flying around the room in two seconds. I did not kick him, do not kick, do not, no, no physical, whatever. It was in my head, which God knows anyway, so you have to confess that too. I really want to pound him in the head right now. Lord, help me, forgive me, okay. So he said something, and he was fully expecting me to atomic bomb blast him back. And I didn't. I bit my tongue. I took a deep breath, and I said something kind. And I turned around, and I walked to my garage where you think I lived. <laughs> it wasn't even one of those nice garages, you know, like in some cities, like, you know, have like a, make it like a little living or second living room. Yeah, it wasn't like that at all. Like, you know, gasoline, bikes, cars, van, yeah. And I went out to the garage, and I just said, Lord, I didn't do that for him. I did it for you. But what he said really hurt me. And I turned around, and there was my husband. And with this look on his face that I never saw before, he said, will you forgive me? What I just did back there was horrible. And the way I've been treating you has been terrible. I am so sorry. I love you, and I want this marriage to last. I'm not leaving. God moved. God moved. He is no respecter of persons. He wants to do something in your life, too. He does. It may not look the same, but he's the same God, and he loves you, too. Tonight is an invitation to step into a faith walk with him. I'm going to tell you now, in both of those situations, both of my desperate, hopeless pits, when I cried out to God, he became so tangibly real to me I would never trade those horrible moments for anything because he became tangibly real. And when we do that, it strengthens our faith. Some of you have stories from way back here and life has happened and you've forgotten. You've forgotten. Remember, go back to where he rescued you. It may be 30 years, that's okay. A day is a thousand to God and a thousand is a day. It doesn't matter. Just call out to him. 
You can find any resources mentioned in my podcast by going to lisasheaministries.com. Click on podcasts and look for the show notes where we'll have links for resources to help you continue on this trip called life.